Welcome to Midnight Revolution. Midnight Revolution is a podcast celebrating the friendships that anchor us in life and the deeply centering transformative talks that accompany them. I'm Malisa Joes Khan, a family medicine physician, entrepreneur, and advocate, tackling the journey of life with my husband and two kids and making time to relish tiny moments of joy and connection. And I'm Catherine Akiko Day, a set designer for film and television, an artist, a fitness, nature, and dog lover, looking for authenticity, ease, and connection for myself and my community. In this special one-on-one episode, Melissa and I take a meandering journey, wrestling with vulnerability, reflecting on our place in generational cycles, and what it means to evolve within the grander schemes of life. What starts as a somewhat amorphous idea for a Mother's Day episode turns into an incredibly honest conversation about our individual and shared past, present, and future. And just a note that midway through the episode, a name has been bleeped out for privacy. I wanted to do this episode. Yeah. For Mother's Day. (laughs) And obviously it's going to be a little bit late, but I have had this idea in my mind that we would somehow magically have this beautiful moment where both of our moms were like, it's so cool that you do a podcast and we'd love to be on it and have an honest, heartwarming and connected conversation together with you and Catherine. Yeah, no. And the context for people who don't know our parents and us from a young age is that they know each other because our brothers used to be best friends in high school. Mm-hmm. So they sort of gravitated to each other. And then because we're both, you know, Asian parents, we had both had mm-hmm. Asian parents. They sort of also glommed onto each other in a way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so I had in my mind this <laughs> kind of pie in the sky idea that somehow they would would be on on, yeah yeah they would come on here and maybe like in a corner of my mind I was like and it will be so beautiful and amazing again like everything will be healed (laughs) it's the theme expectation like everything will be healed like everything will be healed traumas will be healed even though that's not their job right like that's not their job yeah true um but I think that's the thing with like parental relationships that Mm. they are so complicated they're Mm -hmm. so like fraught like there's a part of you yes. that's always going to want that. Yeah. Whatever it is that you felt like you missed, whether it's yeah. like validation, yep. attention, right. affection, um, yeah. boundaries, maybe like whatever you yeah. wanted more yeah. from your parents, whether right. it's quote unquote good or bad right. in someone else's eyes. Like you're yeah. there's like Structured, a part of you. Freedom. Like, right. that, like exactly. literally it's different for everyone. Yeah. yeah it's different cocktail. <laughs> so you know, even as I say it, like I had this idea to do this episode with you, you know, plus minus our actual mothers, but like now that, you know, it's just an idea. And now that I'm actually doing it, I'm like, oh, it actually, it requires like a significant level of vulnerability for me (laughs) in from an aspect of my life that I've completely shut down emotionally to cope. Yes. You know what I mean? Um, Um, so that's hard. Now I'm like talking about yeah. it. I'm like, wow, this feels like super uncomfortable and I hate it. <laughs> we don't have to do it. But but at the same time, I get the feeling like uh, I need to do this uncomfortable thing. You know okay. what I mean? I'm drawn and to that like sensation yeah. of like, do the thing that feels uncomfortable because there's something there, you know, it's not like uncomfortable and too far. Uh, I feel unsafe. You know what I mean? Yeah. It feels safe, but uncomfortable. Yeah. And something that helps me too, like we can say, we can just talk and then we can always choose not to post it. We can yeah. do something at like, there's no rules. There's no so rules. we can do whatever we want. I actually had like this kind of lesson in therapy last week, like, cause I've been going through this vocal workbook, I think I told you. And like, um, I was like noticing that I like really resisted doing the exercises. I would get so anxious and I would get so tight as if someone was like watching me do it as if I would have to take a test later. 
Like right. I was just so sure I was doing it wrong. And right. there was just like my body would just, there was some muscle memory about performance. Yeah. Yes. So I visited with this performer part like on Thursday and um, just like delved a little more into like when I developed stage anxiety, like performance mm-hmm. anxiety, how horrible that was, how I felt like I couldn't tell anyone, like it became, and then it made me think of the blood pressure machine Mm. and how that's related. Cause it's like this part's whole thing is like, you have to do it right. Okay. I'm anxious and I feel all these crazy body sensations, but I have no choice, but to keep going. I have no choice, but to perform and I can't tell anyone about it. Like the anxiety itself is is yeah. what the problem is and I need to control and suppress and manage it. And yeah. it, I can't let anyone see that it's happening. Right, because that so ruins the performance. The, and it's like, then you're just failing and there's something wrong with you. You're crazy. You're ruining it for everyone. Like, And so here's this blood pressure machine that like you can look as cool, calm and collected as you want, yeah. but it like reveals internally it's like, and that was like this part's greatest fear was like, people will know that like, yeah. I have this problem. Right. Um, and she took me back to like my viola teacher, the white lady. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So she was like the only teacher I had who talked about feelings and like really uh, got me to have these moments that I remember where I experienced the joy of performing in the moment of performance. And like right. when I left her, cause I was like going into music, I went to my scariest teacher and it was all, <laughs> I mean, all of that like classical music stuff was like, yeah. it's they only talk about technique. They only right. talk about skill. They only Perfection, talk about practice. Really. Yeah. Even though I was clearly suffering, like there's no yeah. way anyone could miss that. I was like a nervous wreck and right. no one was like, Hey, you seem really uncomfortable. I see your bow shaking. Like yeah. what's going on inside for you? Do you know right. you don't even have to do this? Like, And it's like, you're so young, right? You're so young. Like you're just like 15, 16, yeah. you know, um, like you're super young. And then, and there's so much pressure. Like I understand yeah. why young people feel like so much pressure so to much like pressure. perform. Yeah. Or like perform, not only, you know, say something like in music, but like school, I can, you know, academics, yeah. extracurriculars, or just like on Instagram look. Oh my like, God. That's like thing now that we didn't have to deal with, but all yeah. to say like, yeah. it helps this part. And it sounds like it might help you too, to be like, this is all an experiment and like, no one's yeah. watching yeah. and just play with it. Like it's so just, funny. Like, Make it your own, play with it. (laughs) You know, it's like so interesting that you say that because like no one's watching, but like I have trouble saying it to myself when no one's watching. You know what I mean? Like, so the, like, and I only say that because I know there's people out there that have things that they even find challenging to say to themselves. A hundred percent. Yeah. That like, I'm pretty good at like most topics and sure. being like, yeah. So it feels know, really strange have, to be like, I have a oh. laissez-faire attitude, even though I'm very kind of uh, committed and generally focused in, in like my work. And like, I like, you know, having goals and, you know, having a value system or a philosophical yeah. approach, yeah. but I, I try not to sweat the details that much. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like easy to say, but right, maybe, right. maybe I do. I don't know. <laughs> but like, it, you know, in most things I'm like, yeah, it's like a podcast, whatever, you know, we'll toss it out. We'll do another one. It's yeah. just Catherine. It's I'm yeah. by myself. Yeah. yeah. But like, even, even I was going to do it at the office and then Jason had like a patient. Yeah. And I was like, I can't do this here. Like it just yeah, felt something was so you did seem hard. different today when you came on. Yeah. Like there was something, yeah. I think you just it's just like this literal discomfort of like it's it is. And then that <laughs> yeah, like I think mm-hmm. but definitely, I mean, you sense right because like it's um yeah, it's just like it usually I like can get into that space of like being connected sure. and present with a guest or with you. Mm-hmm. And then now I'm like, Oh my God, I have to do it for myself. I have yeah. to do it for yeah. myself. Wait, I am here too. I can assist. And 
Yeah. Like, let's just see what happens. Yeah. I think I needed to just say it, you know, I think like I'm talking myself through it because that's how I'm processing it. And like, and you're, you're of course wonderful. And I know you're there, but I also like, I think I'm just like doing what I need to do. Like, Like, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And I think that's part of the process. You know, the reason I'm saying it out loud and Mm -hmm. like saying it is because I feel like these are sort of the parts we don't talk about, you know, and that's yeah. like, like the actual, what do you yeah. say when you're struggling? Like, what are you thinking or what are you doing? Oh, yeah, so yeah, like, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, totally. So, yeah, there was just like, I think all of that, like I, and I talked about it with you before, like, what should we talk about for this mm-hmm. quote unquote mother's episode, mother's day episode? And you were like, it was your idea. And I was like, it was <laughs> my idea. And I'm looking for something and she wouldn't have the answer that makes complete sense. (laughs) And I think I was still looking, you know, like I'm still looking for what I'm looking for out of this. One thing I wanted to do Mm. is, and I I don't, I feel like one, one thing is that I wanted to share a poem that I wrote and that's Mm -hmm. something that's really hard for me. And I never share anything. Mm. Partly because it's like personal, like it's like an art. I don't need anyone else. It's for you. It's for me. It's not really for anyone else. And Mm -hmm. I think that's, that's fine. Um, But then there's another part of me that's like, you know, trying to embrace the vulnerability of Mm. like sharing an art form that I, that's mine. Yeah. Do you want to start there? And it's related to that topic. Um... Yeah, that, uh, maybe in a little bit. So, so as soon as as soon as you say like, do you want to start there? <laughs> the performancey part because I yeah. used to perform Indian music, yes, all the time, and my mom right. used to be like, "Hey, do you want to perform for this group of people? We're at yes. dinner. Do you want to perform?" Yeah, I feel the pressure. Like I'm already yeah. like sitting. You up feel it straight, in your body. You know, yeah. I'm like, I have to sit up straight. Yeah. I have to start like looking a certain way. Right. I mean, then that's what I was experiencing just doing, trying to do vocal work out of a book by myself <laughs> in my apartment is my, your body remembers it. Your body's like, oh, yes. Like yeah. everything. Yeah. The whole point of the book is to relax all of your body. Yeah. And I just couldn't do it. Like it was just the more I was trying, the more everything, like everything. <laughs> Tensing up. Yeah. As if people were watching me as if there yeah. w- was a test, as if like there was yeah. all this stuff that used to be just like right. you said. This as used a, as to a, be a regular thing for me that I would perform in front of lots of people terrified and trying to hide it. <laughs> oh, that's like really hard. That's really hard. I know. I feel really bad for little Catherine. (laughs) I I remember in sixth grade, I was like trying to record. It was like write a story and record it Mm -hmm. so that you can play it with like images. I get to draw. It was some kind of thing like that. Mm -hmm. And I could not bring myself to record myself Mm. alone alone yeah. by myself with not anyone there. Yeah. And it was kind of like a throwaway assignment. It's not yeah. like my whole grade was yeah. based on this, but I procrastinated so hard because I just yeah, felt so dumb doing it. I don't even know how to uh, describe it, but in the yeah. moment I just was like, this is stupid. I sound I'm stupid. terrible. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I sound dumb. I can't do this. Yeah. yeah. I, I, and I, I guess like I was just the self-criticism being like, this sounds stupid. It's not cool. Yeah. Um, and yeah. just being like, so uh, nervous. It's so that hard to be in that place. Yeah. Isn't it me, funny? Like, that yeah. That like when so you, long ago. when you take the time to like, just open the box and get curious about what's behind this feeling that like these really specific memories come back. So we- it was like, I specifically remember this time after I had already left her, had really developed performance anxiety. She came to a mm. recital. And at this point, I was, like I said, I was like terrified. It was definitely showing in how it was playing. Like, there's no way to hide it. I, my bow hand was so tense because I was so afraid of it shaking. And I remember she came backstage and just had a moment with me just to like 
say that she was there and whatever. And I just remember her expression was like pitying, (laughs) curious, like just this expression that was like, what, like what happened, you know? But I, as an adult, I know that like, she probably didn't think it was her place to say anything. We hadn't been teacher student in a while. And, um, but like this part was like mortified and just like, cause Mm. her whole thing was like, no one can know, but I know that everybody knows, but no one can know, but it's so clear. But like, And then I think that when like adults are afraid of our feelings, we are trained to be afraid of our own feelings. So it's like, yeah, totally. Like I do that now too. It's like, if a kid is having a meltdown and it's not my kid and a parent is getting frustrated, I'm like, oh, look away. Like, look away. Don't, don't look, you know? And it's like, everyone feels uncomfortable. Everyone starts feeling uncomfortable. When in reality, it's like, it's a feeling. Yeah. It's fine. It's going to go. It's going to end. Yeah. That person might get mad and then it's going to be over. That kid might be really upset and then it's going to be over. Like, yeah, it's like it comes and it goes. Yeah. But I think we're, you know, especially like talking about our upbringings, we're like in two very different ways had a very similar outcome is to be like completely fearful of emotions yeah. and yeah. feelings. Yeah. Because it only, the unburdening only really works if it's yeah. you, if you're providing for yourself. Yeah what you were needing in that moment, which was basically for someone to be like, hey, what's going on? Let's talk about your feelings. Let's talk about, you know, if you actually want to do this, if you want to explore how to like loosen your body, if you want to explore what's behind it. As an adult, I know my body was saying, hey, we don't want to go into music. We don't want to be doing this. Uh, This is not the path that we want to be on. We feel like we have to, but we don't actually want to. I remember specifically having that conversation with you. Do you remember that day? I had a very specific conversation with you where you told me, other than thinking about it on your own, you hadn't told your mom you oh really oh, yeah you had an essentially I love that I had and... you to process with I don't well, remember that I think both you and Jess told me about mm-hmm. career change decisions uh-huh. that you had made before you had sort of done acted on them yeah on. yeah but I remember that I don't remember where I was standing in my room I remember you saying like I just don't really think I want to do this I think yeah. you might have cried a little bit like it was pretty intense. Yeah, and I feel emotional like, just thinking about yeah. it. Like, it was, it's like such a, because it's like such a fragile structure. Yeah. Like yeah. looking back, like what I had existed on for so long, like surviving. And yeah. I remember like it felt like such an intense choice because of that. Cause I had just been yeah. like desperately like trying to make it work. Yeah. <laughs> and felt yeah. like I didn't have like a choice and, yeah, just trying to like go through it. Like, I le- it makes me so happy that I talked to you about it. But I like finally felt like I had someone. Yeah, that I could I share it, with. I, I think even rem- I remember when it was because you did like early applications in November yeah, or did. something. Yeah. So it was December or January. They you had already sent yep. them. Yeah. And you were like, I, I think I'm- I told my parents and my teacher over, I think it feel like it was like Christmas break. Yeah. It was yeah. Um, around that time, December, where you were like, I just don't think I can do this. It's not what I want. And I remember being like, that's okay. You love can you. do that. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. That's beautiful. I don't remember it. I remember telling my teacher that's like the the thing that sticks out the most to me. Um, How was that? Was it rough? I just like really clearly, uh, I was just in so much <laughs> like pain and anxiety. Like I had no yeah. idea like why I stayed so long. I had no idea why I was quitting. <laughs> like I, yeah. Yeah. I was doing what I needed to do, but I had no perspective on why. And I know that so much of my the that fragile structure is centered around like not disappointing people. Yeah. Um, not meeting expectations, like uh, so it was really hard. I remember he was really quiet and he sounded confused and I, I was embarrassed and 
because I didn't understand. <laughs> I couldn't yeah. really say why. Right. And I was like on the brink of crying the whole time. And yeah. um, so that's the thing that I remember. But it makes me so like happy. And I think part of why I feel emotional is like I always feel emotional when I feel like someone is nurturing me. No. <laughs> like I <laughs> like I remember last fall yeah. when I was um depressed and anxious, my friend Camille came over and we were talking. And I was like, I can't even like wash the dishes right now. And she just got up and started washing the dishes. And I was like, oh, <laughs> like, like someone taking care of you, nurturing yeah. you, like just seeing you for where you're at and being there. Yeah. yeah. Like there's something about that. It's pro- it is actually probably related to like obviously how you were nurtured or not. Yeah, right. Not and nurtured, like, yeah. Yeah. Especially in difficult moments, you know, and the thing about our moms is it's complicated, right? Because yeah. I never felt, you know, in big ways, unloved or uncared yeah. for yeah. or nurtured, but there were significant yeah. circumstances in which I didn't, right? And so I okay. feel like there's like these really tense parts that are like, yeah when I do feel nurtured in that circumstance, it's like, oh my God, like, thank (laughs) God. Like, and I just kind of like fall apart because it's like, I never received that in those critical moments. Moments. And so I think I got so emotional because I was like, Melissa, you were there, you and Jess probably, right? We're like, the the way that this younger Catherine saw to- make a change that my body was clearly telling me I needed to make. The other thing I learned on Thursday was like the opposite of needing to control and suppress these body sensations. They're trying to tell you something like they're, they're giving you a signal. They're giving you a signal. They're trying to say like, what's there's something that needs attention here. There's something that needs curiosity, including like yeah. your discomfort at the beginning of this thing, right? Yeah. It's like this, there's something here that needs something. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we got kind of yeah. sidetracked, but it's all related. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's, that's it. I feel yeah. like that is it, you know, yeah. I don't, I feel like that's right on track to me. Like yeah. it's getting at the heart of stuff. And then, you know, just as you were talking, I'm just getting so emotional too, because like, yeah. I think like, you know, part of my, my, um, embarrassment is Mm. like, is, is my, is being different is being Brown Mm, and, mm, mm. and just always feeling like people don't like me, you know, people are going to judge me. And, um, um, that's, that's something that's also so special that from our friendship is that like, uh, you, you never othered me. You were like, you're yeah. great. <laughs> <laughs> I am picking up what you're putting down, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like no matter how different it was or to yeah. in my mind, weird or different. Yeah, totally. Um, and like, I think there's something right now in my just like cosmic being, you know, just to speak very like sort of metaphysically that like, I'm trying to tend to that person, you know, that mm. part of me. Um, like I told, um, I told, I told my daughter, her preschool, like they love when parents come and do like little things. It's a co-op. So like share a talent or uh, make something or, you know, run something that's special to them. Yeah. They're always like trying to encourage people to do that. So it was like, Lena and I are both into really into me singing Indian music. So I'm mm. like, I should do a performance mm-hmm. at your school. Like I mm. should share that part of my life mm. in a way that other kids can. And they're like a very music heavy school too. So it's like, wouldn't it be cool mm-hmm. to share that? Mm-hmm. Um, And just like even telling the kids that I was going to do it, I got so nervous. <sighs> yeah. And so, like, I'm so embarrassed and I haven't even done it yet, you know? Uh, and I'm like, yeah. it has to be great. And, like, 
I have to pick a song that everyone's going to like, or what if they don't like, they ask what it's about and it's something religious and they think that I'm like terrible, like they think that's bad and I'm not even religious, but like the music is like, you know, it's just the nature of classical music. It's like very devotional. Yeah. And I'm like, people don't like that in America. Like (laughs) (laughs) all of these things Uh, in my mind of why they're going to hate it or like, I'm going to be so embarrassed. I was telling the kids, I was like, I feel so nervous. I don't think I, no, I was joking, kind of joking. I was like, I don't think I can do it. And Maya's like, mommy, mommy, you can do it. You know, you can be brave, be brave. You can do it. It's going to be really good. I must like crack your heart open. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I can do it. You know, I can do it. Um, Wow. And like the funny thing for me is like, you know, I feel like tension happens in your body when like reality and your truth yourself are in conflict, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's like I love music. I actually I love singing. I yeah. love sharing it with people. Yeah. I love doing it with people, but I yeah. hate being put on the spot. I hate sure. performing. Yeah. Like, um, not that I, I actually don't mind crowds because it's like all a blur, right? Like right. if you, if you're someone new and you're like, sing Indian music for me and I just met you, I would die. Like I would die. I would melt. <laughs> I would melt like ice melt through the ground. Day. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, uh, even uh, friends asking me, sure. I'm like, I can't, yeah. you know, I just, I, I freeze up. My body becomes like concrete. Yes. But there's just this feeling of being put on the spot or being mm. like in a small group, especially because my mom used to say this to me all the time. Yeah. You sing so well. You're such a good singer. You're so yeah. good. We love yeah. your singing. Why, Why don't, don't you sing that? for them? Yeah. Why don't you sing for them? And it would be like a group of 20 people, yes. right? Like yeah. at a house yeah. party. Yeah. And you just feel yeah. so dumb. That's like a, <laughs> that feels like an, I think that's an Asian American thing. Yeah. Play the piano. Do yeah. it. Like, <laughs> Because part of part of I think why why don't you sing? Why they don't make you... us do these things and all these extracurriculars is to show off, is to like present the um successful yeah. family I... to their friends. Yeah. I think so. I think so. I think my mom genuinely is like my biggest fan of my voice. Sure, sure. Like yeah. she is like. She just thinks like, yeah, it you comes know, from like a positive place, good yeah. place, right? But the trying to be your cheerleader, right? And yeah. she she is a great cheerleader. If anyone needs she a is. cheerleader, yeah, hire my mom because she will just build you up. Yeah, um, everything is possible. You know, you're great. You can do this. I mean, that's something that's really stuck with me. That mm-hmm. I feel like is super positive. That sure. Yeah. She can do that. And that was never in short supply. Yes. Of yeah. just yeah. being there for me and being like, you got this, you do, you know, yeah. you can do this. But then there's, a, you know, that flip side of that coin of just constant praise where yes. it, it bleeds to perfectionism and, yes. and, yeah. and freezing and up. That, and, yeah, yeah. That when you can't mm-hmm. feel like you're going to be, when you don't feel like you're going to be perfect, you're, yeah. you're frozen. How can I live up to this expectation? Yeah. Yeah, like the one time I had a bunch of food right before I sang and I couldn't sing yeah. because my throat was just all you could see and yeah. disgusting. And and then everyone was kind of like, oh. And like, that's the worst feeling for me is like the expectation. Oh, right. And people are kind of like, oh, okay. You know, like, because then you don't Why get do the you praise, say that? Right? You do, there's no yeah. praise to fill in that feeling because if you're chasing that feeling of being right. praised, when right. you don't get it, you're like, oh, this was terrible and horrible. And now I really feel terrible, right? Because I, uh, I, I stuck yeah. through the discomfort and there wasn't even praise at the end. This feels it's so funny you say that because as you said it, I was like, yeah, this is a thing for you. I like, I recognize it as like, oh yeah, I've, I've heard you say not just with singing, but like different things. If you've like set something up or prepared something, I've definitely heard you worry about 
the outcome. Like, of is course. Everyone, it's a people pleaser thing. Are you okay? Yeah. yeah it's like, a people pleaser thing. Is this thing. a terrible idea? Yeah. You don't have to oh do God. it if you don't want to. Yeah. <laughs> Fawning, whatever it takes to please. I mean, you can go all the different ways, right? Sure. There's a million ways you could go. Yeah. But yeah, it's like if it's two things. If you love praise, yeah. you want to people please to get right. praise. So it's like, uh, yeah, so they it's go hand in thing. hand. Yeah. I've, you know, you say you're like a recovering perfectionist. I'm sure. a recovering people pleaser where uh, I can now say. Yeah. That that and that's like a, a blurred line. I feel like there's it's, a lot. Yeah. Of, it's all it's two sides of, combo, of a coin. Yeah. Combo platters. Yeah. Because I definitely yeah. would say that about myself as well. But I probably now that you're kind of highlighting this specific kind of way yeah. that things manifest, like. Right. Yeah, I think um I think I skew a little more towards the like just I'm I'm bad. <laughs> like, right. Just just sitting there in that concrete. Like Right. Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't really I don't think I was attached as much to like the praise. It was more it was almost like needing people to be like you brought up like um to be comfortable. And like yeah. part of that comfort is you holding up your expected place right right that, like you're the amazing violinist who performs right. and you're from this successful family right That's the other thing I wasn't aware of that I learned in therapy was how much um legacy burden is involved yes. in this that it's like I wasn't just oh. putting down myself yes. But my family, my family's family, <laughs> generations back. Every ancestor that ever <laughs> Every came before Every ancestor you. that ever came before me and including the immigration story of like Ugh. we came here in order to, right, like yes. build this expectation. Yes. So there's like so much legacy burden. I like talk about snowballing. Like there was yeah. one session where I was like, I didn't know all this was back here. Like <laughs> it was like <laughs> it just like explodes into this giant yes. thing that's like wow you've been trying to carry all of this like that totally. is not yours to carry like and it's like well I can fix this I'm the fixer I will fix everything <laughs> exactly. and I will make it right if this is not how I should do it I will do it another way and I will fix everything and everything yeah. will be good <laughs> even in the beginning like I I sensed your desire to mm. like help me you know I have that too mm. and then I that mm. like you know, it's like, I'm the person that's supposed to be doing this feeling. And mm -hmm. I, it, I don't judge it at all. But like, you know, it's like, that's the feeling. That's the feeling that can come up, not necessarily that it's good or bad, but it's just the sensation that like, I don't know if you felt like that in the beginning, but I was like, I wanted to say, you don't have to fix this. I'm just talking, oh, you know, yeah. in the beginning of the conversation. Yeah, no, I definitely I definitely have I mean I feel like I play that role in my family in that moment I was trying to come from a place of because I because I'm the fixer and and like holding all this stuff I tend to think I have to do it all myself so yeah. I was trying to invite you to be like you're like you can receive help as well like yes because I oh. the, both of those things are true right like so it's like <laughs> and then yes. I'm the one that's like I need no help yeah, I'll just so, on my own. Was, I'll just burn out alone. I was feeling that. So I was like, and I, I experienced that as well. So I was like, no, you don't have to be alone in this. Like you, <sighs> like I'm here. You're actually not alone. Like, yeah. you know, oh. that's where I was. That's, that's yeah. in my mind. That's where I was coming from. It's but so I funny. do also have that tendency of like, yeah. let me make it all okay for you. Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. And then that that part of me is like, I don't need help. Nobody needs to help me. I'm going to do this on my own. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody needs to know. And again, it's like a veil of image, right? Nobody needs 100%. to know how I'm feeling. Yeah. Nobody needs to deal with this. I can deal with this. I'm strong enough. And my mom is like, she's all about image. Mm. And mm -hmm. oh, you know, yeah. they share that. Yeah. yeah. Don't worry about it. I can take care of it. But then the flip side of that is like victimizing yourself, right? In in, <laughs> in certain contexts, which I can I can be like that too. Or parts sure. of me are like, sure. and look how much I'm doing now, right? Like <laughs> resentment PowerPoint. Yeah. 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 It's like you say to your family a lot. And it can happen in parenthood. 
tying back to our theme, Mm. it can happen in parenthood a lot because you take on a lot of burdens. But if you suppress that part of yourself and you just sow more resentment points in and you're like, ooh, let me just make this tapestry real strong, you know, (laughs) tie up these knots. That clothes weave. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And then you're just like, look how much I've done for this family. You know, yeah. Look how much I've sacrificed. Yeah, resentment PowerPoint. That's my and new that, word for it. Not yeah, that you shouldn't be appreciated, sure. but like finding that voice and not second second placing yourself all the time. Right, mm-hmm. that's on you. That's yes. that's your room. You yeah. have to do that work. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And it's like I have a lot of trouble asking for help. Mm. Not second placing myself. Mm -hmm. And then being honest about that I'm doing that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And not instead just creating resentment. Yeah. And then the the extra level is like, not just that you're recognizing it and saying it, but that you like really... Like there's, I, again, I feel like there's a difference uh-huh. between intellectually recognizing yes. and bodily, bodily. understanding. Yes. Yeah. Bringing the intellect, the mind and body back together and exactly. saying this yeah. is the, the honesty and the role. It's on a different level. Yeah. And I yeah. feel like it's only when that bodily understanding happens that like the chemistry in your body starts to change and your brain like that, yeah. that chemistry starts to shift and like evolve. Because if it stays intellectual, Mm -hmm. we can talk about it all day, but it still lives in you. Oh, yeah. nothing Rent-free. Lives rent-free in your body. Yeah. I think when you transform in matrescence, whether it's like that you have a child or a loss or you considered it or you decided not to, Mm -hmm. um, or maybe you had a childbearing ability and you're transgender- Mm -hmm. And that changes what that process might be like Mm -hmm. for you, whether you even desire it anymore. So like, I think all of those things transform Mm -hmm. us in a Mm -hmm. way. And Mm -hmm. as we go through that, you're, you're searching, like I'm searching for like a new identity. You're looking for yourself in that, Mm. in that pot of stuff. Mm. I think that's true of any transformation, Sure, but especially parenthood you know and like Mm. I gave some examples but there's such a wide array of how people will interact with either Mm. being parented being Mm -hmm. birthed or giving birth Mm -hmm. so in that way I see it as a universal thing because we Mm -hmm. all came from someone right we all came from someone and like receiving care and giving care and like our relationship to because there's so many scenarios and ways that that exists in our life and interacts in our life, including our relationship with our parents, if they're here, if they're not, if they're estranged, like if they're not estranged, but it's still complicated, which is usually. (laughs) And, um, And then, yeah, like how giving care and receiving care, like that's, that's basically like every relationship right like every relationship you have relationship with animals relationship with nature like it can be so many different things um yeah it's like it's a lot to cover (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and you know Angela Garbus who wrote um like a mother Mm -hmm. and essential labor uses the word mothering Mm -hmm. as a verb Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that so many things and so many situations, so many people can be mothering. And that's a really fundamental work of our society mm-hmm. that that we should value mothering. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we should even pay for it, right? Mm-hmm, when mm-hmm. people care, give. Mm-hmm. It's like mothering. Mm-hmm. Not doesn't mean you're the literal mother of everything that you are mothering towards, but that that work is fundamental. And mm-hmm. that work is essential. Yeah. And um that we're all part of that and we can all give that and we could all receive it too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a really interesting 
concept of of it's one of like the most fundamental things of our society is just mm-hmm. caring for each other, just like the yeah. way you yeah. and I care for each other. Yeah. And we always right. have. And we always <laughs> have since a really long time. Little baby mouse and baby Catherine taking care of each other. Yeah. And uh, and then like, you know, just the literal parent role mm-hmm. can, I think you can lose yourself sure. in mothering mm-hmm. if you are a parent yeah. or caregiving, right? Yeah. It's very Mother- common, I would say. Yes. Such a huge transformation. Parenting. Um, and then as you, you know, I think for me, as I went through this process of matrescence, becoming a mom and mothering, I think you start to feel the generations oh, yeah, of story. Sure. You know, you start to say like, yeah. oh, my mom went through trauma. Her dad died when she was a teen. Yeah. It's really young. Right. Her family structure changed fundamentally when yeah. she was young. Yeah. And then, of course, there's other through lines, other traumas. Yeah. And then you start to understand yeah. people. And then you understand that they're, when you were born from her, that came into your body, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that we we struggle with the trauma, right? Mm-hmm. Like the the feeling of the ancestors or the feeling that yeah. we need to satisfy them or whatever yeah. it is, right? Yeah. The suppression of emotions. Yeah. Whether the neglect of emotions. Um, the fear. These are all co- the fear, resentment, yeah. anger. Um, like that came with them from their parents and that yeah. from their parents and yeah. that from their parents and yeah. like, so on and so forth till the end, the beginning of time, right? right? Right. And that we carry so much of that burden with us and it can feel really heavy. And so I'm going to tell a story that will, that will kind of, um, well, let me tell a story that in 2016, mm-hmm. I went to Plum Village, which is the mm-hmm. monastery where Thich Nhat Hanh lived and spent his time as a Zen master uh, with his own monastery and, and a public figure who stood up against um, racism and violence mm-hmm. in the Vietnam War. And he was exiled from his home country, Vietnam, mm-hmm. and he went to France. Um, and he was even nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize. Um, anyway, so having read some of his work, uh, Jason and I decided to go to Mm -hmm. Palm Village because he was still alive at the time. He recently passed away in the last year or so. Um, And, you know, and I was pregnant at the time for the first time. Yeah. So that was something, of course, I'd never experienced before. Mm -hmm. And we were going as like an elective for residency, kind of having read his work and being very inspired by it but not all that intentional and thoughtful. You know, I was like, I'm pregnant. How much 5 a.m. meditations can I do? Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) It'll be a fun vacation. Yeah. And so much in me transformed from that week. It was, it was so unexpected. It almost Mm -hmm. like felt like a destiny, like, like we were somehow meant to end up there. Yeah. And it changed There's for so many reasons changed so much in me and like set in place and motion mm-hmm. so many things in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and was really fulfilling and really nice. Mm-hmm. And in that I learned this concept mm-hmm. of touching the earth. Mm-hmm. It was mother's day, the day we were there, the day mm. we were in Plum Village, yeah. uh, the Sunday that we were there was, or something was Mother's Day. And they uh-huh. did a meditation called touching the earth Yeah, where you really, you feel the trauma, you, you close your eyes and you imagine the trauma, you imagine your parents, you imagine them as children, yeah. you imagine the, the, the experiences they went through, you imagine uh-huh. the traumas they went through, the joys right the difficulties, the transitions. Um, and you, you feel all of those things and sometimes resentment can come up. And then you imagine their parents 
and the mm-hmm. things they might have gone through. And you really intentionally think about those people, the way they look, what mm-hmm. it might have been like when they were children, what it might have been like when they were growing up. And if you remember something, if they died at a certain age or right. something that happened in their life and you really feel everything of, of what they went through to wow. bring you to this very moment, right? The yeah. moment that you're standing here in a, a town outside of Bordeaux in France, yeah. standing on the grass right. in front of this uh, um, monk, or it was a, um, a nun there leading that. Mm-hmm. And, and you're going through all of that, all of those things, mm-hmm. literally every step had to be just as it was for you to be in that moment. And that's true of any moment, right? Everything had to have played out just as it has played out in history for you to be in this moment. It's hard to appreciate that at every moment, especially if the moment is difficult. But to imagine both of those things, right? That everything they went through gives gives you this trauma. Everything Mm -hmm. they went through brings you to To your existence in this moment. And then they take you through uh, another process of bowing to the earth, touching mm-hmm. the earth where you bend your whole body to the ground, sort of as if you're bowing, bowing, not sort of, but uh, as if you're bowing. And tradi- traditionally in Eastern cultures, there's a lot of bowing and you usually bow to a person, maybe an elder or mm-hmm. uh, someone in your family mm-hmm. or a shrine, mm-hmm. um, a Buddhist shrine or at a Hindu temple, you might touch the ground. Yeah. Um, so in Eastern cultures, bowing is really common. Mm-hmm. So this is the same thing, but it was presented in such a different way with such a different intention mm. that when you are touching the earth, you are you are touching the earth and appreciating the earth for existing, bringing you to existence. Yeah. And in that, when you touch the earth, you can imagine everything you don't want flowing from your body through your hands into yeah. the earth. It's like an unburdening, yeah. An unburdening of yourself, of your history, of your trauma. And that the earth is all forgiving and that it would just suck all of, you know, just absorb everything. Wow. And leave you. And as you get up and you do it a few times, you know, it's a, it's a number of times you bow and you touch the earth and and they take you through, you know, a guided meditation through that. Yeah. And every time you do it, you come up with just a little bit of lightness. Yeah, yeah. So the the power of existence and everything that was given to you, you keep. Uh-huh. And anything you don't want, you can imagine. It's a visualization. Yeah. You connect to that piece of yourself and allow the Mother Earth. So if you consider the Earth as, you know, the original mom, the OG <laughs> mother, right, creating all of this life, mm-hmm. uh, that she takes it back she takes it back and she transforms it just the way some trash can become a flower yeah and that's a a concept Han uses a lot yeah from that compost yeah that you can compost different organic matter that looks like trash that's stinky and disgusting and you don't want it Mm -hmm. and from that you could grow a flower if you water the right seeds if you if you Mm -hmm. if you take that time for nurturing Mm -hmm mothering of yourself or parenting yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, so we went through that and I found it so different than the common thing is, is to bow to something that's more powerful yeah, than yeah. you rather than looking inside yourself, right. finding that power, that light, that thing that's pervasive yeah, um, and almost infinite, right? Connected to the infinite existence Mm-hmm. And you keep it and you and you unburden it from the traumas and you leave the traumas in the earth every time mm-hmm. you bow. And I thought that was like so transformative for me, mm. especially for the difficult kind of like journey I've been on with my own mom and the things that I've struggled with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and a few years later, maybe two or three years later, let me think of when I wrote it. I was having a very difficult Mother's Day. It was was not a good Mother's Day. Mm. Let's put it that way. Um, Just conflict and things not ending out, ending up the way you expect. Sure. Um, I think either Lena was really small or I was pregnant with Lena. Mm. I think she was an infant. 
And I wrote in one sitting this, you know, I was feeling like frustrated. I was feeling frustrated at my own traumas. I was feeling frustrated at my own inabilities and the burdens, right? Like uh, when you say unburdening, those, those feelings that you have that really limit you and your own reactivity and your immaturity. And, you know, Mm -hmm. I was just feeling terrible about that. And, uh, I wrote this poem called touching the earth Mm -hmm. that I'm going to share. So I put, I wrote a little prelude to it, which I kind of just told you verbally, but I'll, I'll say it as Mm -hmm. well. Touching the earth is a Buddhist practice developed by Thich Nhat Hanh. It's the physical act of bowing and touching the earth. It's the spiritual act of deeply looking into ourselves, reflecting, growing our seeds of positivity and releasing the unhelpful ones back into the eternally forgiving Mother Earth. Hmm. The practice is healing and transformative. While in Plum Village, I sat through one of these meditations. The theme was parents and ancestry, the legacy they bring you when they give birth to you with all its glory and shortcomings. In fact, it was Mother's Day 2016. I was thinking of that day when I wrote this. That's actually what I sent you and Jess Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. before I sent you the actual Mm. before I sent you the actual poem. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Touching the earth. I am becoming my mother. I say disdainfully. My body is aching and bent. My breasts sag. I think how. I'm going to get emotional. Yeah. I think how my mother bent and broke her back. To give me life, to give me future, to give me the gift of love. I am becoming my mother. Can I embrace that fully? To touch the earth and leave behind my suffering. From a legacy of suffering and pain, angst and sorrow. Can I emerge with just the gratitude of love? Can I emerge with just the gratitude, love, and fullness in my heart? The same fullness with which my mother lovingly gave me life, gave me nourishment from her own body. We are all our parents, and they theirs, and they theirs, since the beginning of time, with both fullness and suffering, with both joy and sadness, with both gratitude and emptiness. We can touch the earth and leave these great burdens in the eternal mother's womb. And from it will grow new life, new beginnings, an eternal cycle. So too, we can transform ourselves. I am not becoming my mother. I am already her. And my child will be me. May I also transform into peacefulness and release into freedom. That was beautiful. Obviously, I hadn't um, thought of it or, you know, remember the specifics of it. So it was really beautiful to hear that, Mom. Thank you for sharing. Thanks for listening. Yeah, your poem with the, like... Oh, it just, it holds all the tensions and all the contradictions and all the, oh, the yearnings and the pain and the the gratitude and the emptiness. Yeah. Yeah. So much. That's so much. And I feel like, you know, that's it for me. Like that, I, I think, you know, as, as a human that we're all, Mm -hmm balancing those two things you know different things not two things but you know different things and uh I say two because sometimes they're in like full opposition of each other yeah 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 you know two elements that are full opposition of each other and so much of parenthood is just that Mm -hmm. um whether it's 
caring for an elderly parent, Mm -hmm. being a parent, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. having a child, for example, having a child uh, alone on your own, Mm -hmm. um, being a uh, caregiving to animals. There's so much of Mm -hmm. holding two contradictory things at the same time. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what else to say other than that. It's hard. (laughs) I, I kind of love how this episode turned out. It's almost the most real one we've done. I mean, it's super real. And I think that's what I was kind of, I was forcing myself to get Mm -hmm. into the vulnerable, vulnerable state because it is so easy to be the one telling, you know, you're telling people or you're discussing and being intellectual. Something that already happened that you've already figured out. Right. You've already figured out. You've already processed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But I feel like a lot of, a part of Midnight Revolution is the evolution part, right? So part Mm. of my evolution or I felt important to my evolution Mm. is doing this. And it's a little forum. Like, you know, it's our yeah. parents, you know, it's your dad and our friends that listen to this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we love you for it, friends. Yes, and bless. we love you for it, Karen's dad. Um, but <laughs> but it's like if it's it's a little forum, but it's a little way that I can evolve, you know. Yeah. So it felt really important. And like I said, it feels terrible and I hate it. I hate the feeling <laughs> of trying to get into the space where you, you feel yeah. like this is a good idea. <laughs> Because yeah. your whole body is like, this is a You're terrible like, idea. Yeah. You're stupid. It's the sticky this part. Is gonna... This is yeah. the sticky part. Yeah. And Unrehearsed. it's like, if we can't do it, if I can't do it, or if I can't even practice, then how can I talk to people about it? You know? Mm. And it's not like I don't do it in other aspects of my life, but I felt like this would be one way that's kind of nagging me and asking me for attention. Mm, to ask mm, me to do this mm. as part of me is like do there this. was there was a need that was making itself yeah. known that it's like made this. itself you need important. to share this yeah yeah it felt important yeah. to you exactly yeah to to share it um I never share poems so it felt like really vulnerable it's you know it's partly why I don't share it because they're usually really emotional <laughs> yeah <laughs> and it's like I don't want you to know how I feel yeah I'm pretty guarded actually so fine yeah it's fine everything's cool I have it in order I have emotions but they're already processed and usually it's funny so as long as it's funny it's funny or at least they can like find the funny in it yeah Yeah. (laughs) let's like talk about it in a kind of superficial way Mm -hmm. and pretend like it's no big deal um and there was actually something that I want that I wanted to read that I just read last night um this book about fungi New, uh, talking about mycelial networks, which are like the hyphae of of fungi, this like mm-hmm. really rich network. Um, a mycelial network is a map of a fungus's recent history, and is a helpful reminder that all life forms are in fact processes, not things. The you of five years ago was made from different stuff than the you of today. Nature is an event that never stops. As William Bateson, who coined the word genetics, observed, we commonly think of animals and plants as matter, but they are really systems through which matter is continually passing. When we see an organism from a fungus to a pine tree, we catch a single moment in its continual development. Mm. Doesn't that feel related? It's like you're getting this snapshot of this thing that never ends, this process, this life cycle, this evolution it just keeps on going yes I just love the idea that we're systems through which matter are processed and like move through and um and that we will never stop changing and that things will never stop flowing and that circle never ends right yeah and that's the beauty of it Mm -hmm. and I feel like that's the magic of existence is that there is and the pain and the emptiness and all the yeah. contradiction. Yeah. There, but there is no end point. Yeah, yeah. Good way. Like yeah. there's nowhere you need to get to. No. Yeah. There's nothing 
you have to do specifically mm-hmm. you can you you are part of this evolutionary of process mm-hmm. um and then there's a striving and then also uh surrender at the same time mm-hmm. is that we will strive just like a plant strives to mm-hmm. grow towards the sun mm-hmm. um it, we will strive and then at the same time there's a surrender if you can also surrender to the idea that we're mm-hmm. part of this yeah. process and that we kind of have no say yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and that's that can be beautiful, right? Yeah. You know, it takes the pressure yeah. off of things having to be one way. Right. And right. that there is only one way to do things. And we've said it so many times, but there is no, there's not two colors, right? Yeah. There's not only a mom being a mom because you birthed a child mm-hmm. and then, you know, you're having Mother's Day with them and they brought you flowers, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It's it's the concept of caring and uh, you know, giving and receiving care. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is universal yeah um so yeah. it's like all of all of those things and the diversity of it and the the myriad ways of existence uh, mm-hmm. is sort of the magic of life i think yeah hey friend <laughs> all right love you, love you. Right. thanks for listening to midnight revolution with Melissa Joyce Khan and Catherine Akiko Day. Our music is by Alishaba Etube. Like, follow, subscribe, and review wherever you listen to your podcasts.